This episode is brought to you by SendPro Online from Pitney Bowes. Shipping and mailing from your desk has never been simpler than with SendPro Online from Pitney Bowes. With SendPro Online, it's just click, send, and save for as low as $4.99. That's $4.99 a month. Try it for free for 30 days and get a free 10-pound scale when you visit pb.com slash TMS. That's pb.com slash TMS. Coming up on TMS, Covercat, the ultimate music critic. It takes longer with the handle. Drink weed every day. Tea, dank kush, hot. <laughs> Short round takes down Tarzan. Removing that growth in the basement. basement. <laughs> <laughs> amazing. You know, the growth of the basement. Oh, that's amazing. <laughs> Stop, my mom, or she'll explode. Furry shirtless husband. Therapy Thursday and more on this episode of The Morning Stream. This one's for Danny. So uh, there's a plethora of things that I could speak about, uh, from pay parking to... But I'm, I'm going to get right to the Pokemon Go. Mom, I want a vape. The Morning Stream. You are not prepared. This is the morning stream. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the morning stream for Thursday, November 14th, 2019. I'm Scott Johnson with Brian Ebbett. Good morning, Brian. Hello. Happy Thursday to you. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Oh, no. Really? Not a happy Thursday uh, to you? It's all right. Actually, today's busy because after at about 3.30, I got to go to the university again, and that's fine because it's nice to be oh, invited yeah. if it's an Teaching honor and all class. that. Yeah. Yeah. So another, this is a new, different class. This is a, I don't know what their, I forget what their focus is in this class. Might be game narrative or something, but they, they like to do these units on what other kinds of careers can you build around gaming? Not, mm. not just in gaming, but around not just it. Being a game developer, but uh, no, I can be a game player on the internet and make tens of dollars. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, a, a lot of times it is sort of a cold hard reality check where I just say, if you all think you're going to be ninja, you need to re- reevaluate your uh, your expectations exactly. for what you're going to do. Uh, instead, focus on what makes you unique and don't try to just be the next Fortnite hero. And uh, we'll see how that goes. So that's today at 3.30. I got to get down there and make it happen. And it always stresses me out because I have a lot of other stuff to do. And my whole afternoon is shot because of it. So it's just the way it, it is. The travel time. I know. You know, working we're working from home and doing this little thing that we do. Yeah. It's nice to be able to say, guess what? As soon as I hit click close on the Skype and we're done recording, within two minutes I'm working on an ad for landmark lincoln uh, automobiles yeah. and uh no commute makes a difference yeah. yeah yeah totally does i like not having one but uh anyway we'll see how that goes should be fun though i might record yeah. this one people asked for it last time and i forgot so maybe i'll record it see if it's worth anything if it's dumb i'll delete it but if it's good maybe you guys can hear it i don't know we'll have to decide uh anyway we're back we got a show to do today we got wendy coming up later with a topic that is based uh on some recent events within the community that we want to talk about uh, so I'm actually looking forward to that. I think it's going to be an interesting take on we've you know we've we've had other topics with Wendy about grief and stuff like that before, uh, but today we're going to do it in a different context, um, one that uh, the Frog Pants community can probably relate to. So we're going to do that later today. I have big news to share with everybody. Well, Brian Ooh. and I both do. We both have big news. You know about this. <laughs> yeah, I know. Uh, <laughs> we're doing something cool. So. Do you guys like kids? Do you want to help kids in need? Well, good news. 
we're going to do that. We're going to do a charity drive and uh, we're going to do it on Black Friday. So Brian and I from, what do we say, eight to three. Something like that. Yeah. yeah. Um, the, the morning, we got to figure out exactly when I can start in the morning because the other thing I realized is Black Friday, the morning is also um, record store day two. Like they do mm -hmm. record store day one in April. Mm -hmm. They do record store day two in uh, on Black Friday. And so I might like first thing in the morning, you know, be waiting for uh, the, the cover singles that come out that morning it's a it's a work it's a work thing scott it's a business thing it is it's actually my wife's birthday too so i'm i'm having to make sure that night is super good for the birthday and not so much the earlier in the day but uh oh hold on a sec wow tvz gun is saying coverville i can do record store day for you if you like well really oh dude let's talk because okay. uh all right yeah that might actually work perfectly if you yeah that'd be nice if i just give you a list of the things i want and then i send you some kasharuski yeah and uh Kasharuski. Kasharuski. You're such a gangster with your with your nomenclature. <laughs> All right, Benny, I'm going to send you downtown to go pick up the Kasharuski from... Uh... You need to be at the drop at 4.30. Pick up the Kasharuski. Right, pick up the Kasharuski. <laughs> I think that's more of like a... Uh... Like, uh, hey, everybody, I'm going to go pick up the Kasharuski, and then we're going to have the uh, traffic at five. Yep, that sounds more like it. So anyways, yeah. here's the deal. Uh, we're, we're working on some final details on time and all that. So once we get that solidified, we'll let you guys know. Plenty of details to come. However, uh, the main plan is we're going to play video games. We're going to do a bunch of other fun stuff. We're going to include as many friends and, and fans that uh, we can fit in there and participate with us. And it's all going to go to a great charity, uh, which Brian will now explain because he's been working Correct. very hard on that side of it. So, Brian, who are we supporting when we do this thing? We are supporting a group called HeartCrate. Uh, HeartCrate.org is where you can find out more about them. Um, these guys are awesome. It, they're uh, a couple of guys, local guys here in Colorado who reached out to me. They both work in the in the system as far as like the uh, foster uh, kid Good fostering thing. I'm getting a lot of echo all of a sudden. Sorry, that's something, it's something with Discord when I opened a new tab. It's annoying. Don't push that button. Yeah. Um, they uh, so they've been working in the system like helping get kids out of bad situations, uh, child abuse, neglect, things like that. And often, when they've gone into these situations, the kid you've basically the kid has got like five minutes to grab whatever he can sometimes just the clothes on his back and get and get out and and they go from a situation where they're getting beaten sadly sometimes into a situation where while they're waiting to get fostered they're in uh something that is a little bit a little bit warmer and a little bit nicer than a prison cell but very similar as far as like they've got a bed they've got a dresser uh you know bathroom all that stuff but they don't have their their stuff their amenities their things right what heart crate does is it works with these uh, works with the fostering agencies and foster parents to get kids some stuff of their own that they can kind of take place to place. And Heart Crate, uh, if you compare it to like Loot Crate, you know, you sign up for Loot Crate and you get a box every few months where, well, you used to anyway before they went bankrupt. Uh, you get a box uh, every few months where you'd get some like Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle stuff and a Doctor Who thing and a Lord of the Rings dealy bobber and a Marvel Comics this and that. Right. But if you, you know, if you don't care about Doctor Who or you don't care about the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, that stuff's all great, but you're just going to kind of give it away. What HeartCrate does is they work with the foster parents and the foster families to find out what these kids are interested in so that not only do they get stuff that is 
specific to them, but they actually get a um, a box to keep it all in that's kind of theirs. And if they need to go all of a sudden, if they if they're moving from one foster family to another, they don't have to say, "Oh man, all right, where's my this toy and where's my that and where's this." They've got their own little little box that has the stuff that they love in it that they can take from place to place and and have some consistency and and happiness in their life. So. Check out this uh, mission statement. This is a great mission statement. This is HeartCrate's website, yeah. which people can find at heartcrate.org. That's H-E-A-R-T, crate, like C-R-A-T-E dot org. says uh, their mission, to uh, we believe underprivileged children and victims of child abuse and neglect deserve more. They deserve to know there is a community of people that care about them, value them, and are willing to provide more than just basic necessities. HeartCrate invests in kids that uh, need it most and help them prosper and grow. It's uh, a great mission statement. They are 100% nonprofit. Um, it was started out of a community of uh, listeners, people who listen to us already, which is how they got in touch with us in the first place. Mm-hmm. And they're working directly with us to make sure this goes well. So uh, 100% behind this sort of thing, uh, kids in need, kids, especially kids who have been victimized and abused and all that kind of stuff. If there's any way to bring them any kind of relief, I'm all for it. And so we're going to do our best to uh, do a little fundraising for them on yep. that day which is what on day is black it this friday year? black, black friday, friday it is friday november 29th 29th oh i should know that because it's my wife's birthday all right so my wife's birthday <laughs> <laughs> we'll uh we'll do that and do go check out the website you guys can kind of see what their deal is how they how they create what they create how it gets sent to people their whole process is listed there and um anyway we're gonna have a ton of fun that's the other thing if you're just looking for a good time on the 29th yeah. you're gonna find it there exactly. So uh, looking forward to it. That is what, how long is that? If we do it from eight to three, that ends up being our time. That's how many hours? Uh, that is uh, seven hours. Seven straight hours of quality, quality nonstop content streamed right to your face. It's That's gonna, right. Exactly. Yep. So, um, and, and yeah, we're talking about, I mean, if, if one of the requirements we have to play is that whatever, I can't remember what it's called. Draw together. No, what's the, um, the you don't know Jack uh, drawing game? Uh... They're 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 picturing. Oh, draw, drawful, really drawful, one and drawful, two. yeah, drawful. Oh, we are playing drawful, dude. We are playing some drawful. Yeah, hundred percent playing drawful. There is no question, and, we, and oh, can't wait for that. Actually, <laughs> I love that game like nothing else. Yeah. So we're gonna play a lot of that weird stuff. Yep. Uh, from the from the Jackbox games, I'm gonna get Brian to play. Sure, duck murder game. mystery party. Yeah, we'll do some of that. Yeah, Brian's tan- playing yeah. duck game, whether he likes it or not. I'll totally play that game. Can I play that on Mac or does it have to be PC? I think I'm that's okay a, playing. Pretty sure it's a Mac game. I think. Okay, good. As well, good. I think it's everywhere. All right. I could be wrong. I should check that. Good, 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 good. Uh, yeah. yeah, there's that bomb defusal game. What's that called on there? Um, oh, the uh, the don't touch the wires and everything explodes. Stop or... my mom or she'll shoot. Is that it? No, that's not something it. like that. Yeah. <laughs> I forget uh, what it is. Uh, but there, and then the Jackbox people, they have a mini version or kind of a version of that too. So maybe we get it all in one. I don't know, but, uh, I think so. Yeah. Anyway, it should be good. TVZ gum. Why are you yeah. saying the case has a red light air light on the top? Did we, did we repeat something? <laughs> I don't think we did any of that. I think he's just, he just likes a good callback like oh. all of us do. Well, don't we all at some point? Uh, don't talk or everyone explodes. That's it. That's um, it. Thor 430, 4231. I can't believe there were 4,230 Thors before him. He says you should play some of the games that have 100 users and invite the tadpole. Oh, we will. Oh, we will. We no, will. we guarantee those are, that's on the list. We will. Uh, exactly. And we're going to load up on whatever bundle we need to to get all those things. 
uh, so that we're all set to go. So anyway, it'll be a bunch of that, uh, and who knows what all. We're just going to have some fun. So um, come be a part of it. Uh, that's on the 29th of this month, uh, right here at uh, frogpants.tv. Yeah, fun, 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 fun. Uh, I keep hearing, okay, there are rumblings on Twitter, and then, I, and then there was stuff in the tadpole this morning. Would you want to explain yeah. what your cat did? Something happened with a cat. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. So, uh, um, oh, and they whatnot. Yeah, this takes the place of the Coverthon. Coverthon, we're still doing, I'm still doing a thing for uh, to raise money for Alzheimer's, but I'm moving it to June because there's actually now an Alzheimer's Day in June. It's the, whatever it is, the um, spring solstice spring equinox spring equi- vernal, equinox. Vernal, equinox. vernal equinox there you go it's the that's that's the day that is like the longest day and they've they've taken that to be like the alzheimer's um money making day you so, know what bums me out sorry to interrupt but let me this bums me out yeah, we have yeah, a city we have a city here in the state not far from me called vernal utah okay sure yeah the fact that there's not a dance club there called the equinox <laughs> is a crime it's a crime it should yeah, be no people kidding. should be able to say, "Where are you going this weekend?" Oh, we're going to go to the Vernal Equinox. Well, that's a, that would be great, right? How cool would that be? It's a missed opportunity. Anyway, go ahead. Sorry, continue. Anyway, all right. So yesterday, uh, getting ready to do Coverville, fire up the uh, the old OBS, and um, starting to do a little stream action, and it just poops out immediately. Quits. I'm like, oh, okay. Well, well let's just restart it. No problem. Yeah. And now because of Catalina and OBS, I have to actually launch it using a terminal command because if I try and launch it using, I don't know, the max standard of double clicking on the application, mm. uh, it crashes. So you have to actually launch it using a terminal command. All right. That sounds, that thank sounds you, less. Yeah. Than thank a- you, Catalina. That's less than awesome right there. It's less than awesome. And yeah. then it just keeps quitting out. So I'm like, Oh crap. Well, I guess I put a thing on Twitter saying, uh, having problems with OBS, I'm going to go ahead and just record the show non-streaming and uh, post it and people will be able to hear it then. So I start recording the show. I'm like, well, you know what I could do? I've got the PC over here. I could run an audio cable over there, launch, uh, install Twitch, uh, that new Twitch streaming beta app, yeah. and run an audio cable from my Mac over to the PC and just stream it that way and just put up some sort of graphic up there. You know, people don't need to see me per se. They can just see the the logo and just listen to the music exactly what i do by so, the way for the show every day. first two is it yeah and that's yeah. what i'm going to be doing from now mm-hmm. from now on yeah i've been uh, doing this for a long time though because obs was always kind of poop on the mac but anyway yeah no it's it's finally it's finally crossed the poop border to where <laughs> i can't handle it anymore and i <laughs> i can tolerate a lot of poop scott yeah i can't tolerate that nope i'll do anything for love but i won't do that right um so uh, so I get kind of this rudimentary thing going, and it, I work on it during the first couple songs of the show, and and uh, I've got some people coming in. Oh, cool, you're doing you're streaming anyway. Brian, awesome, good to see you. I don't see any video, and I'm like, yeah, no video, just janky little haphazard uh, audio stream today. Yeah. And people are digging it. They're loving the Bonnie Raitt music and her slide guitar and her blues. And then all of a sudden I start seeing messages in the chat. Oh, what happened to the music? I'm like, what do you mean? And I look over. And the little um, the little bar that fills up and and you know the, the meter the level meter isn't filled up anymore. Like yeah. uh, what used to be blue and moving is now black and empty. Yeah, I'm like, oh, all right, something probably just got uh, pulled out of the socket behind the computer. No big deal. Go behind it. Yeah, I walk around to the back of the computer, and I see Anara, who looks up <laughs> at me like, <laughs> like this face right here, like. 
Her right there. Guys, again, uh, uh, just a quick clip would be great. I want to make a gif, but go ahead, Brian. <laughs> and this no! right here just oh, that, bit that, right through the cable. That depresses me. Yeah. Oh. Just chumpity chump chump. Oh, that bums me uh, out. This happened to me before, too. It's always a cat. Also, always a cat. Yeah. And uh, this this cable plugged in, you know, 40 minutes before. It was in a drawer until about, like, living its life happily as a, as a cable uh, curled up in a drawer sleeping. Oh, I get to have some music go through me? Oh, cool. All right. Ooh, music is going. Oh, my God. The cat just cut me in half. <laughs> Your vision of a sentient cable is uh, pretty <laughs> awesome. That's pretty good. So yeah. what are you going to do? Um, you just gonna... Maybe a little bit of, there's a little bit of Jeff Goldblum. I watched that Jeff Goldblum thing last night. And, oh, how uh, is it? How it. is that? Was it I good? love it. It's so good. It's, oh, well, if we go, if we're going to go into this uh, sneaker factory, look, look at the, <laughs> see, it's already slipping into Jimmy Stewart. I was like working on it. I couldn't, I couldn't do it. Well. I, I think it's when you're doing it. Sleeping. If you do it publicly or Jimmy Stewart comes out, I think in I think the, so, in the yeah. mirror, you'll yeah. be all right. Oh, what a, what a delightful collection of sneakers you have there. Is it, is it uh, 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 the tongue? Oh, the tongue. I see, I always wondered why it was called the tongue. Why, do, you, do, you, do you lick something with your sneaker? Is that what it's for? Ha, ha, ha. Ha, ha, ha. What a delicious, what a delicious sneaker you've created. Wow. Uh, I'm, I'm anyway, glad that's is, good. I want to see it. it. It's great. And it just it just uh cements the fact that Jeff Goldblum is an absolute national treasure and his childlike innocence and wonder is i feel 100% genuine i think it is too i wish yeah. he was a little more critical of woody allen but it's fine he can he can sure. say what he wants uh, i watched sure. the mandalorian last night can i just say yes i'm oh. Brian, they made it I for know. me. They made it for if me. If I could have written your tweet, I could have probably written your tweet before you did. Oh, oh my God, the Mandalorian is the greatest thing ever, and I don't know where this has been all my life. I'm going to have a really hard time shutting up about that thing. I'm going to end every sentence with, I have spoken, like freaking, I don't know if you noticed who that was. <laughs> that was freaking Nick Nolte. That is the voice of that right. thing. Uh, oh my gosh, I can't even start right. to talk about and what Taika, I love about it. Taika Waititi, I did not, I had forgotten that Taika Waititi was um, uh, the IG-88. Mm -hmm. uh, He's an IG-88-like, right? That's not actual yeah, IG-88. Right. That's not actual, definitely can't be IG, I don't think that is uh, IG-88. Yeah, just another, <laughs> he's another, what do they call him, droid? Uh, 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 IG-11 is what people are saying. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I know I'd, I'd heard that and I'd forgotten it and then I heard it and went, oh, wait, isn't that? And then I looked it up and I was right. But anyway, it yeah. is, uh, it's a, it's a space Western. It's everything I want. It's everything mm -hmm. I want out of Star Wars. It's everything I like about Star Wars distilled mm -hmm. into a series form. I don't, you know, I, every part of Star Wars is good, but what I love the most, have always loved the most is the scoundrel element the far-off reaches, scum and villainy element, the bounty hunters, the freaking smuggler scene, the dark streets of Coruscant. Like, I don't care so much about all the Jedi business. I don't care. It's not as interesting to me. The ultimate good and evil, great, go do your thing. Where I really want to spend my time is in the, in the freaking nasty bars and taverns with these, like, mysterious cowboy-like dudes doing cowboy-like stuff in the far reaches of the of the outer rim i absolutely freaking love it 
Yeah. I can't yeah. stop thinking about it. I'm so excited. Now, you, right, you guys, good. it's going to be as bad as Mad Max for a while. I'm sorry. It just is. <laughs> or I'm just going to have to bring it up all the time. There's going to be uh, the new drinking game coming to TMS is uh, Mandalorian or Mad Max. I'm more excited about a Mad single. I'm more excited <laughs> about a single episode of this than I am episode nine, and I'm excited about episode nine. Don't get me wrong; I'm looking forward right. to it. And what's funny is th- this episode was all world building, and we're going to be very, very careful about um, obviously no spoilers because, yeah, we get it here now. But um, other parts of the world don't get Disney Plus until next year. Oh, I won't spoil year, a thing. So. Yeah, I want people. Yeah, to so obviously we're going to be really careful about that. However, yeah. the um, uh, the world building that is already being done oh. in this, give me the puck. You know, all that oh, stuff is like, uh, dude, like, you are singing like so... my song, dude. I love that so much. <laughs> give me the puck. We are doing this yeah. with other. Oh my gosh! When you got freaking Werner Herzog giving him a, oh, it's so yeah. good, it's so good, it's everything I wanted. I can't believe how much it's how much it is what I wanted. I I thought yeah. it was I thought I was gonna get a watered down, TVified sort of. I don't know what sure. I thought. I just didn't think they could do this. Uh, they just are, oh, and I, and I you know I haven't seen any other episodes, so maybe it goes off the rails from two on. But if it's if if it's consistent with episode one, I am so into this I can barely stand sitting next to myself. I love it. <laughs> I freaking love it. Wow, cool. oh, next episode comes out tomorrow. This is this is a show that I'm going to watch day and date as opposed to like setting up a bunch to binge because I I uh, I love it. Plus, it's a good digestible size. You yep. know, thirty five yep. minutes, forty minutes, or something. I yep. don't know. It's yep. great. They're setting really up stuff it. that like about the Mandalorian way that I I don't really know. And so learning yeah. that as we go is interesting. That again, not giving away anything, but there, right. the conversation between the two Mandalorians was interesting. Um, uh-huh. Seeing those stormtroopers and the ratty ass old stormtrooper outfits, right, oh. right. And yeah, it's, not, uh, it's, it's beyond. I guess what I, I gotta expected. look up where this where this exactly takes place. Because, well, it's uh, the empire. The empire's dead, so it's sometime after, like well after uh, Jedi, I would assume. Yeah. I don't know when though. That's a good point. I'm not sure what exact time frame. Yeah. That is, how? What is it in relation to um, the new the new trilogy? The current the current trilogy. Oh, and nobody oh, told funny. me. Oh, go ahead. Wow. When I go into Google and I type "when does," it autofills <laughs> the Mandalorian take place. Does. Oh, I don't get that one. I get when does Game of Thrones take place. <laughs> uh, uh, five years after the Return of the Jedi ends. Oh, interesting. So five years. All right. Oh, that's cool. And and there's a there is definitely a sense of the uh, there's a vacuum of power in space. Like they really do such a great job. Oh my gosh! And they don't have to shove it down your throat. They world build the way Mad Max or other great things do. They just kind of let it unfold, and your imagination lo- grabs onto a thing. Like those pucks. Oh my gosh, those pucks! What a stupid mm-hmm. great idea. And uh, by the way, Brian Posehn is in this first episode. <laughs> Right, that was that was the first guy that I absolutely recognized. Oh. Like, oh my god, it's Brian Posehn! I can't believe he's in this. <laughs> that guy, freaking fifty-two-year-old anyway. Brian Posehn and his speeder. All right, anyway, go watch it. It's amazing. I can't wait for episode two. That's tomorrow, you say? Uh, tomorrow, they say is the next the next episode. Comes They're out, calling so. them chapters, and there's only nine. That's kind of sucks. I'd like more. I'd like more than nine, please. I'd like twelve. Give me twelve. Well, well, you know what? If they 
you don't want it to suffer from the like the Netflix uh, middle sag, right? Like where oh the beginning is so good, oh and the ending is so good, but there's that long slow dirge that sometimes happened with the Marvel Netflix stuff where it was like oh okay yeah we just we set that character up just so that we could see their little dumb arc that didn't have any bearing on the rest of the show. Let's just move on. Right, so, right. I'm okay if if uh, if nine if nine episodes is how they can tell a good concise clean story then boom yeah let's do it and don't and if you were out there at home going it's probably too kid friendly not really there's some moments in there where you're like oh like that i'll just say the door you know the door (laughs) yes you're like oh okay i mean a lot of it's implied it's not like a very bloody show yeah it's noise yeah (laughs) but uh it's they're not afraid to sort of go you know think think episode four and the and the gritty the grittiness of episode four and that's what they're giving us. It's very very good and oh my gosh, I just it feels like a gift. It feels like Christmas in it feels like a Christmas a month early. All right, right. Uh, I like by the way. And again, no spoiler. I like all the uh, the stuff hanging out in the back the the basement of his ship. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. How cool is that? Right. It's like a little uh, like a little like a little archive. He's got a little he's got a whole like deck of cards, if you will, down back yeah, there. Exactly. Yeah. All right. Anyway. If good. cards were huge and heavy. <laughs> okay. And made of a certain thing. All right, I'll shut up. Yeah. Uh and now this. Say <laughs> hey, gang, here's some razzle dazzle news to flash to mom. Here's the news brought to you by Brought to you by America's Next Top Podcaster. Uh big news coming tomorrow. We'll talk about it on uh, TMS. Uh, PM tomorrow, but in the meantime, the new episode, the next episode, should be coming out today. Hammond is working diligently on getting the uh, current stuff edited, mm. so you can hear how folks did with their daily news and commentary episodes of America's Next Top Podcaster. A a brilliant a brilliant challenge devised by our very own Mister Thomas Merritt. Yeah, a tricky one too. A very um, tricky one. Yeah, it was uh, it was interesting. One of them really stood out for me and did great. Anyway, you'll want to you'll want to check that one out. That was a fun one to judge because, you know, we know a little something about doing a daily show. That's right. And yep. uh, I got to chime in As in that regard. A jury and yeah. yeah, he knows about it. So, and then you play this when he gets out of here. Oh, that's not what I was supposed to play. Oh, but that's for him. <laughs> that's for him. I got it. Whenever we talk about uh, democratic debates, you play this. Uh huh. See? Look around you, all you see are sympathetic eyes. Something with your hairy thighs. Until you feel at home. Coo-coo-ca-choo, Mrs. Robinson. The jury will now retire. All right, he's out. Let's do news. Here's a story for you to start things off in the way that we love to, and that is a prisoner who briefly died argues that he has now served his life sentence. Uh, oh, yeah. well, interesting. Yeah, complicating the, the waters here a little, little bit. Pole. Yeah. Cindy Parkhouse, uh, local and longtime fan. <laughs> that's not the not the prisoner. No. no that's not the prisoner's name. No. <laughs> this is, is Cindy who sent to the tadpooler who sent me this article. She's awesome. She's the one that takes care of my eyeballs when I go to the eye doctor. Anyway, uh, what does it mean to complete a sentence of, of life in prison? One prisoner claims he's done it by serving the time until the moment of his death, plus another four years since, and says it is well past time to set him free. The prisoner's name is Benjamin Schreiber. Uh, he made that argument to an appeals court in Iowa, saying that he briefly died in 2015 before being revived at a hospital. He completed his obligation to the state. Therefore, uh, he asked the three-judge panel to let him go on with his life. 
The judges rejected the argument, ruling, uh, ruling that a lower court had been right to dismiss this petition. Uh, here's what Judge Amanda Potterfield wrote to the court. Quote, Schreiber is either still alive, in which in case he must remain in prison, or he is actually dead, in which case this appeal is moot. Oh, all right. Fair enough. Makes uh, sense, right? I think yeah. That makes what sense. if he's mostly dead? <laughs> mostly. Uh, Schreiber, 66, age 66, was sentenced to life without parole after being convicted of murder for killing a man with the handle of an axe in 1996. Jeez. Ooh. Yeah, okay, keep him, keep him in there. Keep him yeah. in there. That's <laughs> At least, that's very nice of him to use the handle and not the business end of the axe, I guess. I guess so. Same result, though? I don't know. Uh, probably takes a lot longer with the handle than it would with the other end. Probably less messy, too. It's just contusions. and yeah. Yeah. No, the blade end was stuck in his wife over there, and uh, <laughs> you know, all I had was the handle. He had other plans for it. Yeah. It says here he has filed several unsus- unsuccessful appeals, but in 2018, this was last year, he argued in court that he had been uh, he had been resuscitated against his will, and that because he had his sentence has expired. How do you know it was against his will, though? If he, how does he express that if he's if he's only if unconscious? He, only if he's got one of those no heroic measure, measures, uh, you know, do, do not resuscitate DNR. Yeah. His, so if you don't have that, how are you even arguing? Is he saying that in his head he resisted it, didn't want to do it? No, that that would be the only way he'd be able to defend his his claim of, you know, well, I was dead, I served my time, and I thought I was a free dead man, and then they brought <laughs> me back to life, and now I'm in prison again. <laughs> I thought I was a free dead man. I thought I was a free dead man. Yeah. Well, I guess in a way you're free if you're dead, but sure, some way of looking at it. Anyway, I don't think he's getting out of prison. Is my point. I think he's no, stuck there for a so. while. I think he's uh, stuck. <laughs> he might be. Here's another great one today. Man claims he got high from McDonald's tea that he allegedly found weed in. Oh, nice. Yeah. Allegedly. Allegedly, right? Uh, Parrish Brown is the guy's name. Says the first time he ever had weed was at, was at McDonald's. He says he had never had any kind of experience with marijuana until a couple of weeks ago. Not only that, but the 24-year-old said uh, he had to call his dad, his boss, and the cops so he could tell them uh, that he was high as a kite. He had to tell them all that. He had to call them up and say, guys, I'm high as a kite. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> dad, I'm so sorry. I know I said I'd never do drugs, but uh just had <laughs> weed in my tea. I had tea weed. <laughs> McDonald's. I had tea weed. According to the I island... The kush. <laughs> <laughs> According to the island packet. That's a paper, I guess. The island packet. I guess, uh, I've never been to the island packet. Hmm. South Carolina. Huh. I've yeah. been to... I haven't been to Hilton Head. I've been to... Um, oh, what is the big... Uh, what's the big... Uh, um, it was like an H... Or an MTV resort thing down oh, there. Oh, right. Uh, beach something beach uh um oh that's a, what is the right yeah, on the tip of South my unit Carolina. yeah right i can't remember it brian dunaway would be able to tell me he'd know right because he likes he likes stupid things like mtv he'd know myrtle beach thank you myrtle oh, beach. Myrtle. i've been to the myrtle beach newspaper myrtle um, beach and i've been to the charleston post and courier i think I think the island uh, pack the island packet is what uh, Charlie was finding in those broken uh, uh, Mother of Mary dolls or whatever on on Lost. Oh, <laughs> that's right. That's an island packet. Those are island packets. Yeah, not weed. Lock, give me my weed. <laughs> give me my weed. It's not Penny's boat. <laughs> <laughs> this post-it note says so. 
<laughs> is it right here on my hand? Oh, yeah, it was his hand. I keep thinking it was a post-it yeah. note. No, no, he wrote it on his hand with a Sharpie that can write underwater, apparently. Yeah. And uh, No, I guess he wrote it before the water level had gotten up. And then that was it, right? That was it. That was the end of Charlie. Him and Kate's, uh, what's her name? I forgot her real name. Are they still a real-life couple? They're still together, married, I think. Did you know about that, uh, Charlie and Kate? What? Yeah. No. You're talking about uh, the the woman who plays Kate, Evangeline Lilly and Dominic Monaghan? Yeah, they were they were a couple, at least all during the... They met on Lost and then were oh, super-duper couple. Yeah, from 2004 to 2009, they are not, They're uh, not together now? anymore. Oh, man. That bums me out. You all, everybody. <laughs> you all, everybody. <clears throat> that kind of bums me out because... Um, that is a really cool. It's like some cool little lost lost fanfic, right? Is what would yeah. it be like? If... <laughs> I always thought he was a little short for a stormtrooper, though. He was pretty short. And she was lots <laughs> taller. So yeah, um, maybe that. I don't know if that's a problem or not, but it, it used to drive me crazy when I was shorter than a girl I was dating, which was hard to do because I was six four, and I would find huh. girls sometimes were like six six, and it would intimidate the hell out of me. Do you? Uh, he's in that new Star Wars thing. He's in the Rise of Skywalker. Oh. Plays a character named Beaumont. <laughs> All right. He was also in X-Men Origins Wolverine as a character named Chris Bradley. Okay. I don't know. Don't No memory of that. Oh, Maverick. Okay. Yeah, Maverick, uh, the, the Marvel character Maverick. That was Dominic Monaghan, really? I don't remember I don't that. Know, I, got, I don't want to go back and watch that movie, but. Well, uh, uh, old man, Logan's good. I want to watch no, that. No, no, no. X-Men Origins Wolverine. Oh, never mind. About. No, that movie yeah. sucks. Yeah, that's, uh, that's Fred Poole. Yeah, I was thinking you met Logan, and I love Logan, but man, that first one? Yeah, no. The cartoon, cartoon claws. Claws, so bad. It was the, what was the name of the, uh, Roger Rabbit claws is what they looked like. They were so yeah. bad. Yeah. Uh, what, how embarrassing was that? All right, anyways. <laughs> By the way, have you seen his, uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you a link. You can put it up in the video. This is uh, Dominic Monaghan's Wikipedia photo. Okay. Are you ready for this? I am ready for this. All right. Are you sure you're ready? Because here it comes. Totally ready. Be ready, Scott. Okay, I'm ready. Oh my gosh. That is Dominic Monaghan's Wikipedia photo. You know, I thought I was ready. I'm not ready for that. You weren't ready, were no. you? No. Yeah. No, I wasn't at all. He's wearing bunny ears. Chat room. Uh, and he's got a. Uh, he's making a really bizarre face. <laughs> where is he at? Like a Comic Con type thing? I think at a Comic Con event. Yeah, I'm guessing. Okay. Well, he was a fine hobbit in the day. Yes. He was a fine hobbit. Fool of a two. A fine, fine hobbit. Anyway. Yeah. Anyway, so that, that was a detour from uh, Island Packets. Yeah, I like that. <laughs> Enjoyed that, everybody. And now we're back to McDonald's. Um, so according to this dude, he goes through the, the McDonald's drive-thru in Hilton Head, South Carolina, during a late night break from work. Uh-huh. And he ordered a 10-piece chicken McNuggets. That sounds like the kind of thing you'd get if you had the cravings, if you know what I'm saying. Sure, yeah. A double cheeseburger and a sweet tea with light ice and extra lemon. The employee working the window repeated the words extra lemon in an odd voice, he says, before he handed him the drink. So it was like, <laughs> wink, wink, extra lemon. Extra lemon, lemon you say, huh? He says okay. the tea tasted weird, uh, but he was thirsty. He decided to keep drinking it. At some point, though, uh, his attempts to stir it with a straw put a hole through one of the bags of the marijuana. That, oh, wait, let's see. Put, put a hole through one of the three bags of marijuana that had been put in the cup. So he's saying that the little tea packets were marijuana packets. Oh, 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 gotcha. I thought that he was like saying that, you know, they threw some uh, THC oil or something into his uh, 
like some basically melted down some edibles into his tea. But he's saying that they actually gave him the bag. Yeah, that's what he's saying. And it was like, I was wondering why my McDonald's tea cost me $35. (laughs) (laughs) Why I've got to have to deal with a dealer to get any McDonald's food anymore. Weird. That's right. Exactly. Says it tasted weird. He recognized it. He got stoned. Now he's mad. Blah, blah, blah. I think he. I don't think he got it from McDonald's. I think he did it. So okay. So he. So he definitely found weed. He says but he did. Did it come from? Yeah. He says he did. I think it's his. I think he. Smoked. Oh no no. I, well, I, let me rephrase that. There's definitely weed. Like he actually, there was a bag of weed somehow in his cup or, or whatever. Yeah. But. Uh, yeah, I gotcha, just think okay. it's his. I thought it, he just like hadn't had caffeine before and thought he was high. <laughs> Whoa! What is this feeling? <laughs> You imagine somebody. Dad, Dad, I think, <laughs> I think I'm high. Dad, I gotta go. I gotta call my boss and tell him the same thing. Hey, boss, I think I'm high. Okay, I gotta go. I gotta call my friends because it sounds like he called everybody. Yeah, exactly. His dad, his right boss. Oh, and the cops. Down. He called the cops. Jeez. All right, I think he did it to himself. Whatever. I don't believe anyone so. anymore. Uh, Ace in our uh, Discord sent this. Sure. Oh yeah. Days of our lives news. Everybody, finally, we can get to the real issues of the day. Days of our lives. The long-running soap opera that's been on the air since, what, like 1962 or something? Something like that, yeah. Uh, The entire cast has been released from contract. Does that mean the end is nigh for days of our lives? No. Like sand through the hourglass. Maybe they're out of sand. They're out of sand. They need to turn the hourglass over, and that's going to take a little while, so... uh... Because that thing, that thing is just, uh, uh, you know, glued down to its surface. Of course. Brian and I have some connection to this because for some reason, in our late teens, it became very popular for everyone to watch Days of Our Lives. It was uh, like Denver University. I was at the University of Colorado at Denver uh, where we were living. Um, but like the Colorado Institute of Art folks got basically half of the fourth floor in the North Tower of the University of Colorado dorms. So we were, we were like all the artists all clustered in one little area, but then you had all the other guys who were there for hotel and restaurant management and, mm-hmm. and accounting and stuff like that. Sure. And for whatever reason, everybody there got us all hooked on freaking days of our lives. It was like, all right, at three at three o'clock, everybody, we're going to meet in uh, Jeffrey's room. All right, cool. We're going to go watch. And we all, yep. I remember, I remember, I remember in like my senior year of high school coming home as fast as I could because my sisters and I were going to sit down and watch that damn thing. I don't know mm-hmm. what the deal was. We were all into it. Here's, it was that Bowen Hope and and, uh, and Patch and Kayla and oh Roman God. and Marlena. Patch and, and Kayla, uh, dude. Patch. Uh-huh. Patch. <laughs> and uh, Victor Kiriakis. Yeah, Victor Kiriakis, who is actually Rachel's, Rachel's dad. Yeah, Jennifer Aniston's real dad. Right. Oh, he could confirm uh, the milk breath, probably. But anyway. Now here's the thing: Mrs. Crazy Neighbor still watches it. Of course. Does she? How does she feel about this turn of events? You well, know? you know the full story. It's it's uh it's sensationalized. Here's the deal: they've they've recorded enough episodes, pre 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 recorded enough episodes, that they don't need to film another episode until early next year. So mm. it's not that they're they're done with days of our lives it's that you know what we've got a nice little uh backlog why don't you guys take the rest of the year off a little bit of 2020 go uh do some soap opera conventions and and that sort of thing and we'll see you back here in the spring and we'll record some more of this bullshit yeah or this horrible thing 
Do they? Uh, do they? Are there? Is there still daytime Emmys? Is that still a thing? That, that yeah. People do? yeah. 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 Okay. I, don't, I haven't heard about that right. in so long. Did I know. You? Yeah. No. They. Because uh, Ellen wins every year. <laughs> That's true, right? She just wins that every I time. I think so. I think like uh, Price is Right and Ellen are like the. Uh, and Susan Lucci uh, finally won. Finally. Oh, she did? They finally put that to bed? They finally gave Susan Lucci an award. Yes, I mean, was it posthumously? She's still around? 21, she's still here. 21, I think. She lives. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, she she's still around. She's okay. still on the damn show, I think. Oh, okay. Yeah, I think she, uh, 21 times of being nominated, not winning, and then she finally won on the 22nd or something like that. Huh. Um, yeah, and, and Lon makes, yes, Patch has an eye patch or had. Or has. He might be back on. Oh, you totally had a patch. That was the whole idea. Is the reason they called yeah. him Patch. He was a bad boy. Yeah, yeah. exactly. He was the he was the renegade, and Kayla mm-hmm. loved him anyway and yeah, tried was, to soften the beast. Yeah, she was. She worked really hard to make it so that somehow it all worked out, but it didn't. That's right. Uh, this is... Uh, and Jennifer and Justin. This is what they said this year um, about the about the future of the project. Okay, so here it is right here. I don't know if I want to call it a labor of love after this year. Yeah. <laughs> you can see where they're coming from, you know. Totally spokesman spokesman Todd from. Cochran has stepped up to the mic and told everybody That's what's right. up. Exactly. So don't worry, Days fans out there, you there won't you won't see a blip in the uh uh, in, in, the, in the programming, what might be weird is that, uh, you know, Roman Brady will come back and have a huge gut yep. between two episodes. Yep. And uh, uh, Jack Kiriakis or Jack Devereaux might actually have a beard when, you know, mm-hmm. like from one episode to the next, he might have a beard. <laughs> Are those people still on there? Like those names yes. that you just said? Oh, yes. my gosh. Yeah. Here's the thing. Tina and I, uh, Tina's been um, uh, waiting for uh, a work change. Like there's. The company that she's at is moving from one vendor supplier to another, and so there's this little gap. So she's been taking advantage of that time to kind of do some stuff in the house that we've been needing to do and um, knock out a jigsaw puzzle or two, whatever. Sure, sure. And so middle of the day, she'll be catching up on the TV shows that she watches, Grey's Anatomy and mm-hmm. this uh, Am- new Amsterdam show that she really likes, Million Little Things she really likes. Yeah. And so between shows, she'll hit live on the TiVo to go – to uh, whatever is currently live on TV, and it happens to be Days of Our Lives while I'm up there making lunch. Oh my gosh! And I see, I, I look at I, I look at and say, "Oh my God, is that Jennifer? <laughs> what the heck was her last name? It wasn't a Devereaux? She wasn't a Kiriakis? It's something else? But she was the the cute blonde uh, uh, girl on there when we were watching it in the '80s." Is still friggin' on there, and uh, is, why is the, hold on? Mike, you're breaking up. Yeah, I don't know. That. I don't know what that is. I feel like oh, hold on. I have an idea. Hort. Hold on. <laughs> he yells Hort. So I gotta reload it. Sorry, hang on. You can't hear me. I think Discord's just taking a dump. Oh, that's wonderful. Let me. Is back on. Okay, He's we're back. We're back now. Oh, okay. Sorry, you oh, were you were silenced for a moment. Yeah. Oh, gotcha. Okay, you're back. Uh, but anyway. like the actor who plays uh, Jack Koskacek is back on there, but he's playing a different character. And Jennifer Horton, that actress, is still on there. The guy who plays, uh, oh no, it was Jack Devereaux. He's still on there. It's like, what the heck? Yeah, that is weird to me. I assumed it was Absolutely all crazy. new cast, new stuff, new stories, new. Uh, I mean, that's yeah. that's an anomaly. I feel like daytime television drama stuff 
that has to be on its last legs, right? And then one day we'll look back and go, what was that even about? 30-year yeah. run of a, well, 30 years of, of the same people. Like, mm-hmm. you and I, the, the Kyriakis, like, Jennifer Aniston's dad is still on the show? Is what you're telling me? I don't me. know if he is. I don't know if uh, if he's still on. I didn't see him in the, the, the three or four minutes that we watched. But we did watch... Uh, Someone pushed Jennifer Horton out of a window uh, at her wedding. So <laughs> that's amazing. Wedding to Jack Devereaux, who I thought she married like in 1986. So I don't even know. I don't even know how this is possible. Here he is, John Aniston, American actor, best known for his role as Victor Kiriakis on the daytime day, uh, daytime <laughs> drama series day, Future. Or blah blah blah. He is the father yeah. of Jennifer Aniston. Um, he's still here. 1933, he was born. I don't know when he last was on there, but. Let's find out. This is fun. This is okay. a fun. This yeah. is a fun uh, turn into. Fun a, yeah. Yeah. All right. I here do we want go. to talk about this last story because I have a very funny thing to say that I've been sitting on for two days. Oh, I like it when you have a funny thing to say. All right. Let's see. Uh, <laughs> days of our lives. <laughs> he. Oh, he's still in. Is he still on the show? Still going. Twenty nineteen. Yep. Still on there. Uh, still wrecking havoc in Salem. Uh, behind the scenes in the seedy underground of Salem, Massachusetts. Look at all his guest stuff he's done. He was on Mad Men. He was on... Uh, what? Yeah, really? Yeah. He was on American Dreams. He was on Big Fat Greek, Greek Life. He was on Gilmore Girls, West Wing, Star Trek Voyager, LA Heat, Airwolf, Kojak. I mean, it goes way back. But wow. he's been... He does other stuff. Well, well done. I wonder how yeah. it feels a little good like Thanksgiving and know that your daughter's worth like four hundred billion dollars more than you are. <laughs> you know what? If if Tristan were to do something like that and and be uh, just this mega star, whatever, mm-hmm. be totally happy for him. No, I whatever. would be too. Like, yeah, he's going to retire you'd be me. Too, it was Carter, and you'd you'd enjoy that Thanksgiving meal with uh, yeah your your crazy successful offspring. I want my offspring to retire me. I have no I have no pride. I don't sure. care. Let's do it. Who uh, she is going to be big. She's going to do something amazing. All right. Uh, so, Brian, we're going to read this last yes. story. That you've been, oh, good. Good, good, good. You've been holding in there on this. Uh, Blam Pop sent this in, also on uh, our Discord. Join our Discord if you haven't. It's over at frogpants.com slash TMS. You guys should be a part of that. Tarzan's Treehouse Emergency closes at Disneyland. Not, the, the ride isn't called Tarzan's Treehouse Emergency. It's just Tarzan's just, Treehouse. Just Tarzan's Treehouse. It used to be the Swiss family Robinson Treehouse, and then they rebranded it as Tarzan. Correct, which I, I think, think is at the core of the problem here, right? It's old. Well, that and I think Phil Collins lives up there. Yeah. <laughs> uh, son of man, he's up there singing. <laughs> That's right. Oh, I love that. I love that album. Hi, I'm Phil Collins. Would you like a chocolate? <laughs> Hello. I was I was on yeah. I was on Miami Vice for a long time. I don't know why that's his voice. Anyway, uh tonight around four forty five, this is the other day, so does not really tonight. An incident occurred at Tarzan's Treehouse in Adventureland Disneyland, causing the attraction to close and cast members to respond urgently. Uh the attraction was evacuated and guests uh, kept away from the entry of the treehouse. It appears that someone jumped on the rope bridge with enough force to break a slat, causing a dangerous fall potential. Guests in the area could hear the snapping of the board, which has now become, or, and have now become aware of the situation. Reports, um, reports say that it was a small Asian boy in a uh, in a baseball uniform saying, "Look, very sturdy, very sturdy." 
Thank you very much. Uh, I'll be here all week. You know, if I if you had said before the show, percentage chance that uh, that uh, Temple of Doom will make an appearance today. <laughs> Short round would make an appearance. I would have had a very low odds. There's no way I would have thought that was going to happen. <laughs> anyway, nobody got hurt or anything, but now there's like there were the, the thread I followed. There's all this freak yeah. out. I know. You look at the photo, and uh, it is a bo- it's a it's a board that's not even broken out all the way, but it's broken. No, no argument there. And, um, but it's only like a four inch wide board. Right. So somebody's not going to fall through that unless it's a really tiny thin person. <laughs> right. Somebody like short round. Somebody like short round. Yeah. yeah. Maybe even Willie Scott. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Well done. Oh yeah. That'd be great if she fell. She drove me crazy. Um, but yeah, like uh, the the thread I was reading was like, oh, this is like the rest of the park. You can't see see it because of the artifice, but there's a lot of stuff just breaking down. It's a danger hole. And I'm like, Meh. I think you're taking it a little far. <laughs> One little piece of a thing broke. No big deal. That's right. Exactly. They'll fix it. I'm glad you got to get out your short round joke, though. That was good. Thanks. Yeah. 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 In, in hindsight, I wish I would have looked up his actual <laughs> quotes and been able to say those. But that's all right. That's all right. Well, you may have mistaken it and said no time for romance dr jones or something like that. <laughs> that's right no time for love dr sleep uh, no that's not it either yeah exactly dr sleep oh is that out that's out i gotta see it's that. out it's out i gotta see that All i right. was hoping to go see it today but tristan hasn't seen uh, the shining yet we might i might take him oh yeah he should watch the shining he should watch the shining ahead of that that would be interesting. Oh, i feel like maybe re-watching the shining just before sure why not that's a good movie <laughs> sure yeah, um, it, well, it is a good movie. I think it is. All right, we're going to take a break. When we come back, my sister will be here, uh, Wendy, the therapist. We're going to talk about uh, dealing with grief in a online community, uh, which is what we're going to do today. So that's coming up right after this break. This break being a song, Brian being the guy who has it. What is our song? Oh, our song is uh, is great, Scott. This is a band called Noose or New, N-O-U-S. So if it's the French pr- pronunciation, probably New. Um, this is uh, an experimental music project out of New York that's led by producer and composer Christopher Bono. And uh, uh, it's him on keyboards, electronics, percussion, and vocals. Greg Fox, also on drums, percussion, electronics. Thor Harris, Shazad Ismaili, and Greg, Greg McMurray on guitar. Um, the song we're playing is instrumental, but there are some other tracks that have some vocals. This is really... Like if you if you're thinking oh my god experimental yeah. instrumental classical influenced ah oh, thank you no yeah. uh boy are you about to be um, taught a lesson in in your naysaying Mister wow. wow. or Ma'am or Ma'am <laughs> or Ma'am yeah um no this is great stuff it's very cool uh not ambient like like airy and fluid and loose and without structure it's got some good structure to it but it's ambient and like oh this is like you can close your eyes and be like in a completely different place listening to it it's great it's really good stuff the brand new album is called new Two n-o-u-s uh two comes out uh when does it come out it comes out Oot. do i have a date do i have a date i don't know if i have a date you don't, I have a don't date? think I, oh here we go december 6th oh that's pretty good uh, Yes, so December 6th it comes out. Make sure you check it out if you like it. I like it. Here it is. Here is Nightingale by New.
Hey guys, let's talk about Pitney Bowes. Shipping and mailing from your desk has never been simpler than it is right now with SendPro Online from Pitney Bowes. With SendPro Online from Pitney Bowes, it's just a click, send, and save for as low as $4.99 a month. That's $4.99 a month. It's crazy. Send envelopes, flats, and packages right from your desk, and you are back to business in no time. And for being a listener of TMS, that's the morning stream, you'll receive a free 30-day trial that you can get started with right away. And... To help you get started even further, a free 10-pound scale to ensure that you never overpay. Save time and money on mailing and shipping with SimPro Online. Again, starting at just $4.99 a month. Qualify for special USPS rates for letters and priority mail shipping. Calculate exact postage online and print from your PC or Mac. Go to pb.com slash TMS to access the special offer for a free 30-day trial plus a free 10-pound scale to get started. That's pb.com slash TMS. Experience shipping made simple with a free trial of SimPro Online from Pitney Bowes. Living room, bedrooms, dinettes. Oh, yeah, you can find them at the market. We talking about flea market. Montgomery, it's just like, it's just like a mini mall. Back to Pokemon Go. Off, hairball. This is the morning stream. All right, we're back, everybody. Welcome back to the program. I love this lady. Back to Pokemon Go. I miss her. I wish she would get up in front of a city council again and say stupid things. <laughs> the Pokemon Go. Now back to the Pokemon Go. It's destroying our children. Back to Pokemon Go. Pokemon Go. Pokemon Go. <laughs> she do sucks. you think she really doesn't know the name of it, or do you think that she's like Snoopy Snoopy poop dogging it? Like she's like, I don't know what this crazy Pokemon Go is thing, but well, originally, okay. So in this clip, so uh, there's a plethora of things that I could, but I'm, I'm going to get right to the Pokemon Go. So she gets it right that time. Yeah. Pokemon yeah. Go. Yeah, boy, did she say it with any more labor? Yeah, but then later she goes. Mango. 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 <laughs> Neither are good for ordering a mango, by the way. <laughs> That's right. No. I want a mango. I want a mango. Or I want a mango. <laughs> Pokey Mungo. Pokey Mungo. All right. Um, Wendy time. Wendy Mungo. Let's get her in here. Uh, let's see. Boy, Discord's being really weird today. Just being funky performance and stuff. I don't Figure know. it out, Discord. You know what it might be? I have too many With servers. I need to leave a bunch of servers because maybe I've just got too many and it's causing it to just eat all the memory. I don't know. I have that same problem. Oh, you do, do you? Too many servers. Too many servers. Not enough time. Hey, you look, have a secret server? No, I don't have one. With my emails on my 30,000 emails on it? No. <laughs> I don't have that. Find the emails. <laughs> Find him. Let me know when you get him. Okay, here's this. Something wrong, Batman. Has anybody seen Wendy? Barnacles in a wad. Hey, it's my sister Wendy, a therapist. <laughs> it's a Therapy Thursday day. She's on the show with us. You sound very mellow today. How's things in Minnesota? How you doing? Good. Good. Mm. We're warming up. Yeah. A little bit. Yeah, we had that little fun freeze everybody had. And 
that mess you guys up? Did you have morning. to deal with a bunch of snow removal and all that? We don't or? have a ton of snow. We have a little bit, like a, maybe a quarter of an inch. It's not bad, but and they don't cancel school. You, you'd have to have full on apocalypse blizzard to cancel school. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they and then like minus forty because kids will freeze at bus stops. So that's when they cancel. Oh yeah. At minus like 40? A, there's like a 15-minute window before you get frostbite at a certain temperature. I think it's minus, I forget, 25 or something. Wow. So whenever we hit that, they'll cancel. I just, I can't <laughs> even, I mean, it's so We're different. You're hardy folk. You are hardy here. folk. You have to be, I guess, right? To Listen, live in I'm the only one that's cold. My whole family, I'm not kidding. I am yelling at my kids not to wear shorts. They something is wrong with them. I don't. You get this from you. It. All right. Yeah, kids do that. Though. You, but you get your cold. You get cold all the time because mom. You have weird mom genes. Mom has that. <laughs> and you don't. I don't. I don't get cold very often. <laughs> it's weird. You I'm, have other weird mom genes. I saying. have mom's other weird genes, but the one pair of jeans I didn't get were the ones that made me want to wear pants all year. Like I want to wear shorts now. And it's cold. I shouldn't wear shorts today, but it's yeah, I, so I want to. It's such a weird. I don't get it. My husband has the same problem too. He like has literally. We lived in Vermont. It's colder than here. Yeah. He, and in Sweden, the dude has never owned a coat. <laughs> he has like a jacket. He's like, oh, should I take a jacket today? I'm like, it is minus twenty. It doesn't matter. It's so weird. I know why. Because he's all furry under there. I've seen him. He's furry and a little fat. Yeah. It's perfect. I've seen him at the <laughs> at the pool. He's got plenty of insulation. <laughs> Anyway, uh, it's good. True. It's I'm good to have you that. here. So we're uh, we're going to dive into a topic that uh, hits pretty close to home. Um, we we weren't really able to talk <laughs> about it in detail yesterday, although we alluded to it at the top of the show. But we uh, can now sort of talk about it a little bit more openly. And then um, what I'm hoping is maybe we can have a conversation about how to deal with it on the level that we're dealing with it, and so on. Um, so we had a, a a very active member of our community, the tadpole, the frog pants community, whatever you want to call it. Uh, pass away the other day suddenly and without much warning it was a complication due to just an appendicitis surgery um, well it was a brain bleed um was it, it was that, a result that, of the surgery was, or do we know it was no i think it was unrelated but she wasn't recovering as well from the appendix surgery and then came back uh came back went back to the hospital for another or because she was having these other symptoms and it turned out to be a brain bleed right and they in the end they they couldn't save her she has a young son um mm -hmm. her name is danny workman and she's amazing and has been for years she would come to nurtacular she's a local here um i think they live just west jordan maybe 15 minutes from me or something um so it's all hitting very close to home like literally in this case she's also the person back in 20 it was either 2015 or 2017's nurtacular i can't remember but one of those two years, um, we had somebody who was from out of town who did not take well to the uh, the oh, altitude. Right. The altitude, yeah. It was really right. bad. And as a result of that, uh, she ended up Tracy in the hospital. Haley, yeah. yeah, Tracy Haley. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And she ended up in the hospital. What I didn't know was true at the time, and I and I I knew Danny and had met her a bunch of times and you know, super friendly and all of that. But what I didn't know is because Tracy ended up getting stuck in a in a Salt Lake City hospital for a couple of days, um, you know, we ran some stuff out to her and, you know, tried to keep in touch, make sure she was okay before she flew home and all that other stuff. But I didn't know this. Danny went out there and spent like hours that night with her, just just stayed with her. Um, and, you know, for all intents and purposes, strangers up until that event, but right. took her time to go, you know, help somebody. And in the tadpole, she is ex she was extremely active and 
the conversations and the backs and forth. She wrote a book about depression and about anxiety and about stuff like that and, and how she's worked to overcome those things. Uh, which she was I, helping a lot of people who were suffering from those same kinds of things in the tadpole, like um, Tanner, for example. Um, right. He was. Uh, she was always checking in on Tina when Tina was going through chemo and radiation, and mm-hmm. just oh, always reaching good. out. Always just uh, just the sweetest person, and she loved that son. They were always together. Uh, he mm-hmm. came to th- that last nerdtacular with her, and they were adorable together. And he just seemed to be having the best time, you know, at this big nerd event. Anyway, so all of these things have combined to just make it very personal. And it's, yeah. we've lost people in the community before and, you know, varying degrees of knowing who they were or whatever. Uh, but for some reason, this one feels pretty hardcore. And so I thought, hey, let's reach out to Wendy and make today's topic about not so much general grief, dealing with grief, because we've done that before. But how do you deal with it within the context of this kind of community, which is a kind of a weird thing to start with? It's, you know, constructive a whole bunch of people in lots of different places all come together for one reason or another, but now they're kind of a weird extended family in a way. And they come to rely on each other. Some of them meet each other and get married. Some of them have friends for life from this. Some people, you know, fight and burn out from it, It, like real families. Um, And so I think it's been harder this time for me in particular, but uh, at least I can only speak for myself, but um, this has been harder for me given her proximity and, and I actually uh, feel like I can actually do something here. So this one uh, tough, you know, Zoe's uh, or or Mary Ailes passing uh, a couple months back was a tough one just because of her connections with Tina and, and, uh, and me and even in our actually in a weird way. Um, uh, they've all been, I mean, they've all been tough. Ralphie, for example, and oh, Ralph, Blake, Ralph Blake, uh, a couple of years ago, Blake Edland. And yeah. We, and it, so this was, it's nothing, it's not like we're new to this. The Ralph mm-hmm. one probably was the hardest I ever had to deal with. Cause I talked to that guy every day. Mm-hmm. Um, but I guess methods that, uh, unusual communities like ours can use to sort of work with each other. I mean, you know, there's a GoFundMe up to help with funeral expenses and help the family and that sort of thing. And, you know, all the standard stuff is being done. Kim and I are going to see what we can do here on the ground. You know, can we take them food? Can we, you know, drive somebody somewhere? Can we, you know, we want to be at the funeral. Like we want to do what we can here since we can, but none of it feels like enough. So I guess, I guess I'll throw it to you, Wendy. What do you, what, what would be your advice to those in our community affected by this particular loss? And I guess, what can we learn from it? Well, I, I, I think you guys have already done all the right things and will continue to do the right things as uh, grieving goes, right? Which is there's something in us that needs to do something. So you, that impulse you're talking about, right? Like I need to do something. Even if I could just drive someone somewhere or feeding somebody, you know, will scratch that itch of like, I want to do something. And And that impulse is one of the best parts about us as humans, right? Which is that, you know, we're all just kind of living in denial of reality all the time, you know? Like we all get in our killing machines and drive around. And like, there's mm-hmm. there's a lot that um, we're not conscious of every day. We're not having existential crises every more moment, which we probably should, right? And that level of sort of um, obtuseness is actually advantageous because we can, get our stuff done, feed our families, live our lives. And when that's interrupted, um, 
you and a death is or an illness that strikes suddenly or something that just wakes us up from the whoa life is not just moving ahead it's very fragile um you know we have a lot of interesting responses um chemically um, we slow down i mean i think even how i started this call i forgot that's what we we're going to talk about so i'm like happy <laughs> and then i'm like oh wrong 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 word. day you know <laughs> yeah. because it it does it's it's a much more um we respond in the ways we respond for good reasons mm-hmm. um, because it is a, a change in reality. Um, and then, you know, of course, empathy that gets extended to this little boy or to the family or to, you know, all the people in the community, all of those are good things are human things. They're important things. And I think, and maybe I'll get more directly to your question, but I, I do want to just caution against the thing that I think is what's dangerous about modern life and grief it's probably always been a problem in for various reasons i think modern life has its own its own challenges um but you guys are a community of people that only knows each other because of modern life right you have access to each other and bonding and connection and friendship and you can see the other's good deed when no one's looking because there's witnesses to it and you communicate and you're a text away, you know, all of those various things that makes you a family. Mm-hmm. Um, so you should have normal grief response as any family would. Right. Um, the challenge might be, though, of we've always had this challenge, I think, is, well, certain cultures, for sure, of um, hiding grief or swallowing it or having this idea that it only should take a certain amount of time. Like, oh, you've been grieving for a year for that? Well, that's too long. Or, you know, we, we have maybe arbitrary ideas of um, what things are supposed to look like or what's appropriate. Um, But if you go back to any time in life where, you know, like the widow would wear black for a certain period of time, we've always had kind of societal ideas of what grief should look like. Um, You know, and some cultures have very different versions of this. Mm -hmm. Um, I can't think of if if it's China or no, where they mummify the body basically and keep it. It's not China. I forget where it is. Um, and they keep it for years, the, the, the body of their loved one um, nearby. Right. Um, and so you have just lots and lots of versions with lots of belief systems that, that can affect how people do this. But getting back to you guys and, and, and this urge to do something, I think when you have the urge to do something, the healthiest thing to do is do something. Um, and if you can't be done for that particular person because it's impossible, then take that urge and do it for someone else in your life. Like, right. don't let that energy just dissipate. It will, right? right. It always does. Right. Um, eventually, you get busy and start living your life. But there is, there's a lot of benefit to letting whatever emotions come, come because they will go, um, rather than stuffing. I think that's a really common thing. And so someone might say, well, maybe I shouldn't feel this sad because I didn't really know her. Or, you know, there, there could be complex reasons why grieving is just scary or not allowed. Um, and you may find, oh, well, it's not even someone I know. Why do I feel this way? Trust the way you feel. Mm. Like if it rises in you, there's a reason. Maybe it's just that there's some emotion that needs to get out in your life and you don't need to overthink it. Um, but like trusting that your, your system is perfectly made in order to process grief. Small children get this. They cry, they feel better, right? Yeah. Um, they don't know yet if they have been allowed to just feel 
and cry and be sad, whatever, whatever it is they feel, they let it out and then they move on. And you notice how they can just skip away. And you're like, wow, it has something to do with, first of all, they're innocent. They don't, they don't know. There's all sorts of societal rules, but they have the benefit of the, like the biological benefit of crying. Yeah. Yeah. I remember that when dad died, uh, Taylor was what, six. Mm-hmm. She didn't really even know what the heck was going on, but she knew she felt, you know, profoundly sad about all of it and she just let it rip and i remember that cry being like really long hard and cathartic because by the end of it she was clearly in a better little emotional place and could talk about it and stuff but before that it was like harder it was hard to even help her understand it but by you know by the time we got around to the funeral she just had lost it and that seemed like a good thing to for her to filter that out so yeah I, i i admire people who can like Carter's this way, you should cry at anything. You know, you, you tell her a story like <laughs> there's a Simpsons episode where Homer, this is so funny to me, because she'll bawl her eyes out if I even tell her the story. She doesn't have to see the episode. You just have to bring it up and she'll tear up and sm- smack me in the arm because she knows what I'm doing. I'm kind of manipulating her <laughs> emotions. But there's this episode where Homer has to keep working forever at the plant. Oh. And yeah. he's got this little sign on his on this big complicated control board that just like a little note that says do it for her because he's thinking about Maggie. Right. And and it's and it's like it it he's scratched out enough letters to where it says do it for her but it said something else originally. Oh right, right, right. right. exactly. Yeah. Which made it even more poignant. Uh yes. so basically just yeah. focused all this negative into well this is why I'm doing this. I'm doing this for this, you know, for my daughter and she can't even be told this. I, like right now, if she's in this room, she'd be <laughs> crying all over the place, crocodile tears. Aww, yeah. So I wish, sometimes I wish I was more like that. I wish I could just let that stuff out. Instead, you go to like a Pixar movie and you spend 10 minutes in pain, you know, trying to figure out why <laughs> you, <laughs> and then if finally yeah. you're like, blah, 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 you start blubbering finally, and then you just feel awkward and weird and hope that never happens again. But some people can just let it roll. And I, I admire that, I guess, a little bit. Yeah. And there's, there's therapeutic value to it. And, and let's take this to um, the communal level because you guys are experiencing it more on a, a communal level than individual grief in the sense of there is individual grief, of course, with any loss. But when you have a group to grieve with, it's so much more powerful. And what it is ultimately is it gives us something you can't get when you grieve by yourself because you're getting acknowledgement validation. Someone is witnessing your grief. Um, It allows you to experience healing that's just kind of faster and deeper Mm. um, than if you're trying to do this on your own. Right. And so the impulse is so interesting. The impulse to cry or the impulse to um, share your pain with someone else gets stifled for people for various reasons. So take a child. So I have a very emotional young man that lives in my house. (laughs) And he, he saw a homeless woman with a child begging and he sobbed for four hours. Oh. He could not, like he gives money to people all the time. That's like his, his thing. And he's usually a little sad for a while, but she had a kid and he could not deal. Mm. And I spent three of those hours talking through with him and just holding him. And it's like the world cracked open. He didn't, he didn't know that you could have this exist on earth, you know? Mm-hmm. And, so he, I, I'm, my, my challenge constantly is how do I protect him 
from the soul crushing nature of earth or, you know, but to keep this as well, like, you know, but if I said, shut your boobin, go to bed, you know, I could, I could shut that down really quickly. And the message would be not to say I'm perfect at this. Trust me, I'm not, but it's the message is like, those feelings are not valid. Um, I mean, he was grieving a world he thought was safe is really what he was grieving. Yeah. Um, and, and so I could shut them down and then what's the message in my home growing up would be, it's not okay to have your feelings. So what do you then take out into the world? It's not okay to have these feelings. So we drink them away. We shove them down. We do whatever. And, and then healthy grief has lost its, its role. And so that's one idea. Another being just, I mean, I've, I've heard of this at various workplaces where, there's a loss and it's like a week later they've finished up their paid time off and they have to go back to work and everyone's like, okay, and we're done. You know, like we, we don't, we're not great at this mm -hmm. to gr grieve in some kind of public way or even say the right thing. I mean, I think this is, you know, kind of comes with the territory, but part of why maybe we're not great at it is that we're not great giving ourselves permission either. And so this communal, um, facet is really powerful if you utilize it because it's others sharing um, the same feeling at the same time. It's validating. It's all those good things. So yeah. it's, it's a good thing. And there is a lot of that happening today. Uh, and yesterday there's a lot of people, there's just a lot of rallying and you know, what can we do? And, and people are yeah. being very generous on the GoFundMe and um, like there's, there's, you know, there's a lot of that happening and that is cathartic. Like it's nice to see, I see it and go, yeah, we're, we're, we take care of each other. Like this isn't just a, this isn't just fly by night. Hey, we're all on the internet. How's it going? You know, ephemeral relationship stuff. Like there's real, there's real connections here and it's nice to see that. Um, yeah. You know, it still feels a little awesome. bit like there's, there, there, there are going to be people, especially I heard from somebody in Australia who really was close to Danny and that person has expressed, you know, frustrating it can be to be this far away like you just can't do anything and that's the other thing is that's unusual about the world we live in now back in the day you know somebody in the village was hurt everybody kicked into gear did what they had to do rushed around and you know you were all within a horse clop away like you just weren't far from each other in this case there are people who are you know five thousand miles away who are as concerned as you are, but can't, but feel helpless. Like they can't do anything. And that's frustrating. So I guess what you're saying is correct me wrong, if I'm wrong, but if they, they should still, those feelings they have, those are real feelings and they should not give try to themselves permission to express. Yeah. Them. Give themselves permission yeah, to express them. But how do they, what do they, how do they deal with the frustration of, of distance and uh, you know, helplessness and that sort of thing? Like, is there any more we can well, say about that? I mean, I think that Go, GoFundMe is an example of um, a, a way to do that. It gives you something to do, even though it may not feel like enough. Um, but, but, and here's where that impulse, I mean, it is so frustrating to not be able to do something. And yet, like, think about it. What can you do? There may be no. something you can actually do that's directly connected to Danny. But if there is not, and you really are unable to either contribute money or you're unable to write in the group or a note to the family or something and you don't feel like you're doing enough then find a way to do something where you live mm -hmm. so one idea and this sounds this might sound like a little too much i don't know but to 
grow or sorry, find out in your communities because these exist pretty much everywhere. Um, find a grief group. Some of them have just like open walk-in type situations and sometimes you have to register to do them. So it's not the easiest thing in the world to do. Um, but to, to grieve with others, even just going to a cemetery, some type of ritualistic, it can be communication like a group or it can be some type of ritualistic um, sort of grieving process like maybe it's um, some type of personal not wake, but kind of where you have your own little moment and you light a candle and you have pictures or letters or, you know, whatever it might be that you read and you allow yourself to feel. So, so it isn't just that you've got to do something for the family. That impulse is legit. And that's usually how it gets resolved is I bring a meal and I visit and, but what ends up happening is there's a surge of that. Right. Yeah. And then it kind of dies down and it's families who are grieving need stuff a lot longer than the surge. So maybe it's that there's more to do later on that's directly with the family. But in the meantime, is there something personal you can do? And this is true for all of us that the, the ritualizing of some of this is what makes it powerful. It's not that I lit a candle and I pulled out some letters. It's that I stopped. I stopped life the way it typically just rolls on. Um, and I gave it a minute and I allowed myself to feel and, and, be in pain or be sad or, right. um, and if you don't do that, there are consequences to that. And everyone has a different consequence because they may manifest this slightly differently, but some of it is just a doling of emotions. Some can, for folks, you know, pretty severe leads to depression and other mental health situations. Um, others is just sort of a, a closing up that you don't want to get hurt again. So you maybe aren't as open in all your relationships or, you know, that type of thing. There's a lot that can happen with grief that is not allowed to be griefed. Um, right. And so ritualizing gives us a chance at least, right? right? A funeral is a way we can all gather and it's communal. And it's this idea that you have a chance to allow yourself to feel and everyone there knows. So the permission is already granted, if that makes sense. Right. Um, so that can be pretty powerful. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, there is a moment when... Uh, this is this is just an example. I'm not trying to make this about us. But when Dad died, uh, for whatever reason, I remember this very clearly. So we were at the hospital. We were watching them go through all the things you do when you're doing emergency res resuscitation and all that stuff. That's all a little shocking to watch anyway. Um, and then when they finally, uh, you know, made the pronouncement that he had passed, um, people were sort of just milling around trying to deal with it and I went outside and I sat on the curb and I remember the pants I was wearing weirdly I was wearing these weird jeans with a hole in the one knee and I think it's because I just grabbed whatever I had because we had to rush over to the hospital um it was pretty early that morning anyway uh I remember you came outside and then you sat on the curb and we just talked about it and I remember that being one of the most important parts of the process for me because there was a moment where it just felt like dad's gone you're alone to then dad's gone everyone is feeling alone but guess what we're not alone and we can and I don't even think we talked that much about dad or the shock of it or the aftermath of it I think it was just sort of a I don't know it's just a conversation 
letting you know that you're there for each other. Kind yeah, kind of. And it wasn't even anything overtly like, you know, uh, emotional or, you know, any of that. There was no, it wasn't very dramatic. It was just, you know, the, the two pale ones from the family full of Koreans sitting down and, <laughs> and finding some solace before, because other people hadn't arrived yet. Matt was at work and was rushing back and trying to get there. And, you know, we just didn't have everybody there yet. I don't know. There was something about that that made that easier for me. Um, Wendy, is that your is that your origin story? Your ther- <laughs> therapy origin story? <laughs> no. Do you know what is amazing? I have zero memory. Yeah, of I that. didn't think you would. Oh, wow. I, I didn't think you would because you rarely remember these things. And also, I would. I have ridiculous, overly focused memories of things that no one should remember, like the pants and what hole it had in it. Like, who gives a crap? <laughs> right. So it doesn't surprise me, but it was just a moment and it wasn't even that long, but it was just kind of this like, oh yeah, we're all in this together. This isn't a, this isn't a thing I have to do on my own. And I think there's something in that for people like in this particular case. And even in Danny, Danny's case and her family's case, like, you know, small stuff like that makes a huge difference. And, um, I mean, we're going to try to do that as much as we can here. Um, oh, it just, it breaks my heart about her son. Like, I can't even imagine what that must've been like. And this all, you know, her last photo on her Facebook page was, was Halloween and he's all dressed up and she's all dressed up and it's a cute little picture of them together. And, you know, it was like a, it just, this seems like the stupidest thing to ever have happen to anyone. Mm-hmm. Um, as often aneurysm style stuff is brain bleeds are terrible. And I don't know, I just, uh, I can't stop thinking about all that, but Little gestures like that make a huge difference. And that includes, you know, if somebody's in another part of the world and the best they can do is offer some comforting words via Facebook in the Facebook tadpole group, then so be it. Let that be your way of showing your solidarity and, you know, that sort of stuff. And then go hug somebody that you haven't hugged in a while, you know, yeah. like in your own life. I think that's that, that, Impulse is a powerful one and it's a necessary one because it's removing us from our our strange ritualistic fantasy life of everything is fine and I got to get to work and pay this bill and feed the dog. It's, you know, don't let it pass without doing something of that nature where maybe you share something that matters to you to someone or you let someone know you care that maybe you haven't let them know you care in a while, you know, like... It's like a mole. Like, I don't know how to explain it, but just, and you know what I'm talking about. It's like the world is one thing and then it's suddenly not. Yeah. Um, and, you know, that, that reality check and that the frailty of life and the quickness of all of this. And yet, like our connectivity is just, it's, a, it's such a cool window that only opens here or there. Right. Um, it's like so a, take advantage of that. It's like a twist in a movie except that you don't have to deal with the con or you actually have to deal with the consequences of what that twist yeah. is. It's like a thing that just upends everything. And when we're being entertained by that, we're like, Oh yeah. Turns out Bruce Willis was never there the whole time, you know, whatever the twist is. Mm-hmm. But in real life to have things upended like that, I mean, in the, and especially in the case of her son, I mean, that's just a complete world upending. There's no other way to look at it. And uh, you know, everything he thought was, was permanent is not and i don't know i just i really feel for the kid i don't know what we can do to help him but anyway they have, how old is he he's uh not exactly sure now but i want to say when i last saw him he was eight or nine so he's probably 10 somewhere in that range okay. 10 11 yeah just a 
And I don't know if your connection with the family is appropriate, but there uh, is the sharing place in Salt Lake City that mm-hmm. is amazing. And it's. Oh, you've talked about that before. Grieving. Right? Yeah. Yeah. That was a. Uh... For kids who are grieving. And it's right. uh, a therapist who started it. I'm not sure if she's even still alive, but just like it's. It was one of the first in the country. It's really, really good. So a place for where all the kids there are grieving. What's it called again? That, the, uh, the sharing place. Sharing place. The that's the thing you were talking about, just sort of that aloneness and you know that that's extra suffering that doesn't need to be there. Right. Um, but when you're a kid, you are extra alone when it comes to grief because kids are not experiencing it right. um, the same way that adults will even if their grandparents pass away or whatever like there there's less um support and kids are dumb that way you know what i mean they're not gonna be like oh i'm so sorry for your loss and let's let me be quiet you know they they don't know how to do it so they go to a place where all the kids are grieving and they're also having fun and being friends and having a safe place to feel so anyway i'm not sure that's appropriate this minute but right letting them know there's that resource okay well yeah we can definitely do that uh, well, hopefully that is helpful to everybody uh, in our particular circles, but I think this can extend out to others dealing with similar things. Um, uh, and, uh, you know, hopefully this advice lands on you in a way that is beneficial uh, during your grieving process. I think it definitely will be for us. Uh, anything, uh, any other final words of wisdom, Wendy? You want to land on us like a giant bomb, like a truth yeah, bomb? No, I'm no? good. Do you, do you recommend <laughs> I'm people? Sad. Here's, I'm going to go. Yeah. Now, now that we've depressed you thoroughly, let's, um, <laughs> let me ask you this yeah. question real quick. Yeah. Is this is a total break from the conversation, everybody. Okay. So I'm making a hard turn. I just want to ask Wendy this question. Okay. Um, oh, Brian, that's so funny the way you said that. It sounded like this. Yeah. Anyway, um, I I was going to say the hearings that are happening. Okay. Oh, yeah. Good for your health or mental health or not to watch those. Should I had a friend yesterday, John Jagger said last night during a show recording we were doing, he says to me these words. He says, you know what? Get, let me know when there's a result. I don't want to watch mm-hmm. this. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, good to watch if you're having a hard time sleeping. Would yeah. be my answer to that. <laughs> yeah, great idea. So yeah, I, nice. I, I think I, I think I like his advice. Like maybe avoid all this it, because this is a case of where you really can't do anything other than just watch the crap show happen. Perhaps it's even a necessary crap show. But do you necessarily need to take every second of it in and become? glued to your c-span you know to do that or not at all what would you say is he right because i think he's right well i think uh there's an interesting little blurb on npr as i was driving somewhere um there were a number of people in dc who gathered in bars sometimes in the early morning to watch them together yeah and there is there's something about uh, and the guy said you know i could stay at home and do this and feel terrible or I can talk to people who think differently than me or agree with me actually doesn't matter but we're all having a beer and we're enjoying um, a little company while we are watching something historic that was his philosophy and I think like unless you're gonna gather with some people and do it maybe it's not healthy for you and even then I'm not sure all day is healthy for anybody um but there is something about like, this is historic and you should be, you know, like there's always pressure to like, you should know and why don't you know? And honestly, 
you've got to decide for your own well-being what that looks like. I know for me, um, I don't watch it. I watch um, comedians talk about it that night. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That is, that's, and if I want to, and I'll read serious articles and stuff, but I will, like, I can't, I, I got too much in my own life and work to do that I cannot um, just feel anger all the time Who's, about uh, something, you know? Your go-to comedian, like who, which uh, late night it's probably John Oliver now, you're right? watching. John Oliver, is he your guy now? Or I do like John Oliver, but here's yeah. the thing. This is this is the extent of my time frame slash laziness is that I just watch the clips <laughs> oh. of each of them. <laughs> so like, you know, like Mashable will have like a clip uh, yeah. best of like, so what's his name? Um, Colbert, you know, Colbert. in New York. Oh, well. Colbert. Um, no, Colbert. Yeah. So Colbert. Colbert. And then, yeah. of course, The Daily Show, a little bit Trevor here Noah, or there. Yeah. What's his name? Um, Trevor Noah. He's Noah. killing it. Seth. Trevor Noah. Oh, oh. Trevor Noah's great. Yeah. Seth. Uh, uh, Seth. Oh, Seth Meyers. Uh, Myers, Seth Meyers. Some of his stuff just makes me laugh out loud. So, yeah. anyway, yes. so like just enough that I'm like, oh, wow, that happened. Like the guy's giant Nalgene bottle. Like that's funny. Mm -hmm. um, with the bow tie, that guy. Anyway, so like there's. There's a way to sort of engage that's very lighthearted that I do because that's what I can handle right now. Um, but other people, it may be like they can't separate what they need to do in their day from this. And that might be a sign that it's not great, you know. Yeah. So it's just relative, I think. But probably smart if you're, I don't know, if you can't take it. <laughs> yeah, I guess. I guess. Yeah, I, I, that's that's good advice. That's good, Carter said. A good way to digest it though in those small little chunks. Yeah, plus then you can laugh, and laughter is a pretty good coating on hard topics. Um, you know, Carter yeah. says she goes. I just she goes all uh, anything I ever want to do with that stuff. I need to hear it through John Oliver, and I think she she's probably onto something. Um, all right. Uh, Real quick, there, if anyone needs a good cry and needs to feel like death is imminent and life is very fragile, there is a book called Being Mortal. Have you guys heard of this? No. By Atul, no. Atul Gawande. Mm -mm. Oh, my. Really? Um, yeah, maybe we should have a book club about it. Oh. Is it good? I anyway, mean, what, what are you saying? Is so it... instead of watching the impeachment, I'm listening to this book. <laughs> and uh -huh. it's fascinating. And it's an amazing critique of sort of end of life care in the United States in particular. And um, yeah, it is something else. So uh, anyone just needs a forced cry. It's only 10 hours to listen to it. It'll be fine. Yeah. <laughs> or you can watch that episode of Simpsons Scott talked about, you know, <laughs> there, there are you so many options. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I would throw out, you know, there's some really great books on grieving, by the way. So All right. do a basic Google search. If there's enough reviews, it's probably a pretty good one. Um, so yeah, there you're definitely not alone if you feel like you're stuck at all, or if you feel like you just need, you know. So some people just know they need to have a good cry, and they're stuck, and they're not sure why they're not crying. Well, there's there's plenty of fodder to get you crying, um, but you know. So so there's other resources out there, not just communal, and communal is great, but there's also like reading and groups and therapy. Sure. So I just throw that out. All right. No, that's awesome. Uh, and real quick, I set up a tiny.cc link for the GoFundMe for Danny. Um, it is over at tiny.cc slash Danny Workman, D-A-N-I Workman. Uh, if anyone out there listening wants to uh, help the family out with some other Say stuff. Say it one more time, tiny.cc. Tiny.cc. So it's a .cc domain, tiny.cc tiny slash Danny Workman. And I use that because the GoFundMe link is ridiculously long. I don't know why yeah. GoFundMe doesn't have a URL shortening service. Like they should let people do domains that are slash and then a thing that's easy to remember instead of this huge long nightmare. I don't I don't know why they don't do that, but 
Is Danny spelled? I can't find D- it. D-A-N-I. Oh, that explains it. Yeah. yeah. Okay. D-A-N-I. Workman spelled like you think it is. M-A-N. Okay. Yeah. So anyway, that's out there. If people want to get in there easy and check it out. Made that during the show today. And I think that's it. Wendy, good stuff as always. Uh, you got anything fun playing this week? You guys doing anything good? No. After this conversation, no, nothing. Nothing at all. All right. <laughs> going to go hug somebody. Yeah. I don't even know. Too. I'm going to go yeah. hug one of my not on neighbors. Go I hug your furry shirtless husband. Do that. Okay. Yeah. Have a good one. We'll see you next time. <laughs> Bye. All right. Good stuff. Yeah. He is furry, by the way. Very yeah. Furry. Oh, yeah. No. He's not a furry. He is. <laughs> <laughs> but is he shirtless? He's a shirtless furry. Um, okay. all right. The, like all furries, aren't they all technically shirtless? I mean, even when they're in their costume, that's a shirt. I mean, it's a shirt on the person, but technically they're a f- furries are, you know, shirtless, right? Do I have that right in my head? Well, yeah, imagine that they wear something underneath their. Oh, they might. I, that's what I'm saying. They may be fully clothed under there, but the outside. Uh, oh, I see. The character that they're portraying sometimes has a shirt too. Like sometimes the, that little Fox dude walking around actually has a shirt. Oh, yeah, that's but a good point. Not. Yeah. yeah. Zootopia, they all had shirts on. Right. All right. <laughs> that's right, exactly. I like that movie. Anyway, uh, there you go. Hopefully that is helpful. It was to me. It's just good to it's talk cathartic, about it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I like it. Um, we're going to end today's show on that note and um, be back tomorrow afternoon for a TMS PM at 3.30 Mountain Time. Yeah. So come on back for that. My wife's, uh, I'm not supposed to no. talk about this, but she's having a procedure on Monday. Nothing to worry about, everybody. Just a... Just a doctor saying, oh, it's that time of the year, uh, time to go get a thing done. And as a result... finally getting that growth in the basement removed? (laughs) I don't know. He is not budging, so it may not work very well. But anyway, as a result, uh, there's some question as to what TMS looks like on Monday because I don't know what time I'm taking her in. And and when she's done, she's sort of drugged and can't drive, so I have to... Sure. I have to figure that out. I'll let people Sorry, know. Sorry, honey. Can't take you to the hospital or pick yeah. you up because I'm doing a podcast. Yeah. But uh, I'll set up Uber on your phone for you. Sure. There you go, hon. Anyway, that's all happening Monday. I'll let you know before then. It'll all be fine. Uh, tomorrow, TMS PM. And then we got a weekend full of things like Film Sack and other stuff. So look forward cool. to that. Brian Ibbett, please play me a yes, song sir. to take me out this afternoon, daytime, morning. I will happily do this this is uh not even a request this is well it's a request by me because um i love this this is a band called the debutantes um if you like that old 60s ronettes the crystals the supremes that sort of thing or you like some of the stuff from the 80s like uh cocteau twins this these guys remind me a lot of voice of the beehive if you remember a band called voice of the beehive i do feel like the the reincarnation of them uh the brand new single the debut single comes out tomorrow and their album is called symphonic pop which is coming out in summer um this actually features the original uh performer of the song uh, andy fairweather low who was a member of a band in the in the 60s called amen uh, amen corner um they're doing a cover of the song that andy fairweather low originally performed called if paradise is half as nice and uh, it's such a great reimagining of the song, but they've actually got the original performer recording along with them. Really cool. Here are the debutantes with If Paradise is Half as Nice featuring Andy Fairweather Low. See you guys tomorrow for TMS PM.
This show is part of the Frog Pants Network. Frog Pants Network. Get more shows like this at frogpants.com. That's why I'm so happy with Shake and Bake.